Hello, welcome back everybody. It's Outside the Huddle with your Super Bowl review episode. It's Andy alongside James and Paul. Everybody good? I'm good, mate. You alright? Where's Paul? Paul's like just switched off. I'm just not going to say anything. He's heard too much already. This isn't my episode. I thought it was all your episode. Yeah, I'm giving you this one. Oh, cheers, mate. <laughs> It'll be, we'll be opening the floor up to James. Um, yeah, everybody doing well, apart from Super Bowl aside? No, actually, that's not. Obviously, we're, I, I'm speaking for myself here. I don't know about you, Andy. It uh, wasn't the result I wanted. Uh, wasn't the game I wanted. But apart from that, it was fine. But you had a good birthday weekend. Yeah, yeah, drunk, drunk lots of beer. Um, became sort of like a drying on my sorrow situation rather quick, but yeah, it was fine. I didn't. I've seen a lot of people talking about it as like it was unenjoyable, and I didn't really feel that myself. I still enjoyed the game for about three quarters. Uh, someone here enjoyed it more than us. I didn't speak stressed. too much. I mean, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't speak too much during the game. I thought. Let's sort of leave him to it because all I can do is make it worse for him. Yeah, well, you're telling me we've won or something, and I'll be yeah, like, no, yeah. we haven't. No, we haven't. No, I was just a bit. I thought let's just leave him to have a. He's yeah, he's stressed enough as well. Moment. I was literally yeah. still stressed to the last five minutes, boy. If that makes you feel better. Yeah, no, I thought I thought it would be the case. <laughs> um, before we get into that, I know there's, there's a lot to talk about. Um, Obviously, something else pretty significant happened at the weekend um, in the NFL world community. Um, I just thought it was worth touching on. Certainly, it's, I think we'd all agree it was pretty tragic um, hearing about Chris uh, Westling from the NFL, uh, around the NFL podcast pass, anyway. Um, I don't know about you, but really knocked the wind out of me on, on Saturday night when I read that. And a lot of other people as well. You could tell from the sort of outpouring of grief that you in the people that we talk to and the other people that we look uh, we follow. Um, you know, people who've never met the guy would never have met the guy probably. Um, I think it speaks volumes just about how much they enjoyed his work and sort of respected what those those guys were doing. Um, pretty much the gold standard for this sort of thing. I mean, yeah, I don't know if it's so few guys, but I wouldn't even want to be doing this probably if it weren't for the Around the NFL podcast. And I know, obviously, Chris isn't the only one on it, but he's um, he's definitely... they're all. What's best about their podcast is they're all unique. They all offer different things. And Chris was, for me, probably the one that you he was a bit more dialed into some of the tape and he, he took a lot to win him over. Like, if he saw something good, he would praise it, but he wouldn't always just follow the obvious narrative. And I think it was a massive respect when he used to give analysis and it was especially if it was positive. And um yeah, and hearing obviously his battles coming through it the first time. Um and then obviously having getting married, having his kid, it just seemed like everything, you know, was on the up. And then when the when the bombshell dropped that he had to fight it again. Um, yeah, it was it's like you say, it's just weird because I don't even know the guy. Um but when he's in your ears for years and years and as part of a big team that you really enjoy listening to and probably really rely on to get a lot of knowledge from, when the news came through, yeah, it, I'm sure it's the same for you guys. Obviously, I know it was 
really for you two, but it would just really hit home. It just it's crazy. Like I say, don't know the guy, but you feel like you do. He, that's the thing. He was genuine. He came through. You felt like he was one of just any other person. If you met him, you just know he would have been the type to say hello, you know, and just be genuine with you. And yeah, it felt like he lost part of the family, which is, sounds a bit over the top, but it did hit hard. And obviously, I was getting pumped for the game because it was the night before the Super Bowl, and I was starting to get seeing everything on Twitter. Then that happened, and I was like, what am I even getting worried about? Why am I getting annoyed by some of these stuff that people are saying on Twitter? And when that happens, you realise how important, you know, people are in life, um, and there's more to life. And it kind of brought everything back down to reality, um, and it was absolutely gutting. Um, obviously, thoughts to the family, and to all his friends, obviously, around the NFL podcast, you saw the outpouring of love. And I think that says it all. When you're when you're seeing a whole community literally mourning it and obviously celebrating his life, it just shows how powerful he really was. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think the timing obviously sucked with it being the day before, but it, at the same time, it then gave such a big platform for his friends and his family to sort of have their say live to, to everyone. I'm sure we all, we all knew the name, um, but maybe people who didn't, found out about him from it. So there was maybe some sort of silver lining there. But the one thing that I noticed uh, the day after was the impact it had on the UK NFL community. Obviously, the NFL community is much bigger than the UK one, but there aren't many people that have had that sort of impact on us because around the NFL, is very like welcoming to spreading the game to the UK and getting there isn't this sort of this is our sport and these are the outsiders they've very much embraced us coming into the sport and yeah so I think it as UK fans it hit home a little bit more than others yeah yeah that was the biggest thing for me as well I'm sure we're probably seeing it because we're part of the NFL UK fan base but it felt like most of the stuff I was reading was mainly UK based you know podcasts people we know um i'm like i said i know it hit everyone around the world i've also got a big following everywhere but it, i think that's the thing like west was probably as big as anyone are playing a part of allowing the uk to be such a big mm-hmm. part of their podcast um yeah. you know he loved he always referred to us as love coming over you know there is a lot of negative about the uk being involved and the games coming over here but none of them really kind of give that off and west was quite open to the idea and he was welcoming he's come on podcasts in the uk yeah. you know i know a couple of the others have as well but um you know he was he's been involved in as much and a lot of people said they met him and he was a lovely guy and you know he took the time to say hello he never like you know and i think that just says a lot about the human being and you're right i think the nfl uk community has probably been hit as hard as any really yeah yeah absolutely well said gents um hopefully we can uh we make this a good one to go on the back of that um i think at this point miss myself and paul are just going to jump off um catch up on some sleep um, <laughs> james is gonna if it's okay with everybody james is going to spend the next four hours just going through um each, okay. play, each yeah, down yeah. Um, oh we had it only if you edit this bit out because no one wants to listen <laughs> to that <laughs> i mean uh, before we kind of dive into the game what was your day like from a, a fan who was directly uh, involved in it did you sort of get a tactical nap in during the day and all that so. i planned to try and get a nap in it never <laughs> happened um yeah I, it ended up being very much like any nfl sunday like 
kind of a, a few jitters and stuff every now and again, but generally the kids keep you away from all that sort of stuff. I had a couple of little moments of watching and listening to podcasts and stuff like that that just kind of got me back going because of the thing that we just talked about with Wes. It honestly took me a while to shake that off. Um, but yeah, by the time it got to sort of mid-afternoon, I started getting a little bit pumped and then a little bit nervous and I started watching a bit of the pre-game build-up and yeah, it started to sink in a little bit, but it wasn't until the kids went to bed. So by the time we did that and then cooked me dinner and then before you know it, you got like an hour before kickoff. So yeah, then I, I can't say I was that nervous. I'd, I'm shocked. I honestly am shocked. I've been feeling like it all playoffs. When a game's sort of kicking in, there's been like an air of confidence, which I've never had before. Um, so I was just looking forward to the game. I just wanted to see how it was going to pan out, all the things in my head, whether it would come true. Um, and yeah, I was just really excited for it. And then obviously when they kicked off, the emotion sort of kicked in a little bit and I was starting to get a bit nervous then. <laughs> I um, was just thinking about what I was doing in the build-up to the game. And... I was completely uninspired, I have to say. Um, I don't know what it was, um, but I've just, I was reading a tweet just as we started there. that the, It was the lowest numbers that they've had watching the sport for a while. Um, under 100 million for like the first time in however many years. Uh, I, I feel like it could just be it's a pandemic. People aren't fussed about sport as much, but mm-hmm. it's, there's no fun option. Uh, you can't. You either have the team who's won it last year, or the guy who's won it every other year for the last twenty. So, that I think from a neutral point of view, it was already hard to get sort of interested in. Obviously, we're NFL fans, so we're gonna watch it. But I was thinking maybe for a a guy who's not that into it, um, in the UK, sort of follows the sport every now and again. I don't think they'd be totally inspired by it. It's a good point because I was, I was actually saying to the missus, I wonder if this will end up being not the biggest because they haven't been getting near the biggest amount for a long time, but would, if it'll end up being the biggest for a while because obviously everyone's stuck at home. There's less parties. Yeah. There's less... So I did expect it to be higher. But then I also heard a flip side that apparently every single sporting event in America has been down, like the NBA finals. I think the baseball finals were all down. So there's something in the pandemic side of things that is obviously influencing it. But you're right. Probably some of the neutral side of things who aren't that into the game probably thinking, oh, it's Tom Brady versus Mahomes. Like Mahomes, is, if Mahomes had won this game, for instance, we'll be already getting on the back of him as being like the boring old fart for keeps getting. So, yeah, yeah. Everyone's like, oh, Mahomes is great, but give it five years, everyone will be like, oh, he's so annoying, he keeps winning. <laughs> but he won't now. But. Doesn't quite pull off the smugness like a certain someone does. I he... don't know. I I've actually spoke to people and they're like, do you know what? He's annoying little. And you know some of his looks, and he's so overconfident. Like he's starting to. I'm hearing more people saying that. I, I really enjoy him, though. I totally enjoy him. I think I couldn't care less. I just like watching good game football and good quarterback. I'm not jealous like some people. I mean, I am jealous. <laughs> you have to realise it. I'm fully aware of the pettiness involved in hating Tom Brady. <laughs> you you don't need to though. You've actually had someone who's beaten him twice. No, like, I you. Don't. Yeah, yeah, the more longer this goes on, the better it is for Eli Manning and the Giants, I think. I read, I read My moral victory right there. Exactly. Every time Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl, Eli Manning looks better. I know, and it says a lot. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, after he won it, I was just thinking about, obviously, the achievement. And it's unbelievable and will never be matched. Such a great sportsman. Some people even think he's a nice guy. Um, they're all deluded, but 
yeah, like it was, it was. There's a lot of respect involved in my hating of Tom Brady. The thing is, if if you're not hating, usually if someone's successful and they're very successful, there's not a level of hate. They're not that successful or that good. There's yeah. there's always that. It's the same with the Man United effect. You know, the Man City effect of more recent years. You know, you, you even if you like him at first, you're going to hate him because you get bored of the same thing happening. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to agree with the Man City thing because <laughs> actually they are always the lesser of the evils when it comes to the... If, you're not, if your team's not in the Premier League race, you want them to win it because it means that Liverpool or United or Chelsea or Arsenal aren't going to win it. So actually, I feel like... You you're going on the right lines, but with Man City, there's an anomaly there. I'd so I put them in the same category as Chelsea of like buying titles. And, oh uh, yeah, but everyone does it now. We'll, we'll get, we'll get, get <laughs> we could do a podcast on this. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> one of my favourite things about the whole game was actually before it started, and I was watching it, and that was when I just thought I am so jealous of. Bucks fans and Chiefs fans, but it was I, I kind of missed the Chiefs, but I'll be honest, I was still eating. Um, and it it was the bit when the the double doors opened, somebody opened the doors, and the players were going to start coming out, and Brady led a couple of others, and then Brady led them out, and I just thought, man, I wish that was my team coming out of there. And you just I can't let it hurt, can you? Yeah, I I, I couldn't help but wonder what you must have been feeling like at that point but I even I as a neutral was so fired up at that point but that was and this isn't just me saying it to sound like a prick um I watched them come out and I just thought they're winning this I just that was the moment I just thought they are deaf I had a feeling all week but seeing them come out there and seeing the look on his face and how calm he was I just thought they're gonna win this there's a certain air about them wasn't there really yeah, I, mean, I can't say I felt that way, Andy. Personally, not that. There's, there's also like that air of, well, what nobody thinks they're going to win, so naturally, they will. That's, I even said, do you know what though? That is the point for with everyone getting on Brady's back and constantly like undermining him, and then sort of like also the Bucks. Everyone was kind of low on the Bucks. Let's face it, there's no hiding it. Even if Phil doesn't believe it, there there was no hiding it. You know, no one really expected the Bucks to win. Certainly not win the way it did. We had nothing to lose. Like our young Bucks team now had nothing to lose instead of going into it full of nerves, thinking they're going to be the favourites or expected to win. So I think that was a big factor as well. I just want to. So there's a lot of talk about disrespect, isn't there, about the Bucks? And it's like nobody respects us. And it's like, no, I'm sorry. I don't know what your stance on it, James, is. But... I think you see my stance. <laughs> uh, I, have, I have a little bit, but I want to hear it for the people. For me, <laughs> you can. Just because people don't think you're the best team in the league, it doesn't mean you're disrespected. No, that's fair. That's fair. I, th- I think people aren't as high on the Bucks as they should have been, maybe. But to say you've been disrespected is is probably wrong. Mm, I think the reason why, the, for me, when I was mentioning disrespect, is because it's happened, there's been more than one example. You know, the Saints, the Packers, everyone was like, yeah, but are they going to keep up with the Packers' offence? Are they going to keep up with the Saints? Are the defence going to be able to do it? But, yeah, the Saints is fair. They beat us twice. So I could, I understood yeah. that a little bit more. But the no, Packers, no, I didn't believe it at all. You can understand why you were second favourites going into every game. Because the Saints beat you twice. The Packers were the best team in the NFC this season. And then it's the Chiefs. I don't think that's disrespectful to make you second favourites in any of them games. I understand no. that. 
it could no, that's fair. No, I, I had no problem being like the three-point underdog. So yeah, that, that was fair. disrespectful at all. I think if the Chiefs were opened up as six-point favourites, you'd be like, hang on a minute. Like, we haven't done yeah. anything wrong to deserve. <laughs> I think it's almost respectful to be three points underdogs against the Chiefs. I mean, I think I think the three points, everyone, and that's the thing everyone even on the, the broadcast was saying, I think that was actually a little bit lower than what they thought. I, I've got no problem with saying the most majority may be saying that I think the Packers are going to win, the Saints are going to win. There's reasons behind it. I totally mm. got it. Same with the Chiefs, but it was the way people were talking about it. It was oh, like, can the Bucks offence keep within 15 points of the Chiefs? Like The Chiefs offence is special. We know that. But the Bucks' offense was the third best. They actually averaged more points. Um, it, you know what I mean? Like you can look into stats far too much, but there was no evidence there to say the Bucks couldn't keep up with the Chiefs, or it would only be a three-point result. Now, some people did say it would be a three-point result. You guys did, to be fair. But a lot of stuff I was reading was like <clears throat> there was just basically saying that you know, their defense won't be able to stop them. Their offense won't be able to keep up. It's just like, and it wasn't just a few people. The experts were saying that, and they've been saying it for three weeks. And even when we perform and we show evidence that we can keep up with teams, and our defense is better than they thought, they still kind of kept jumping on the, yeah, but can they really pressurize Mahomes? Yeah, can they actually stop him in the secondary? They didn't do it earlier in the year, but when we beat the Packers, no one was saying that then. It was almost like, yeah, but it's in Lambeau Field. It's always an excuse. Like we have no, the Packers. I get and it. Was like, I, yeah, I, but it's I, in Lambeau Field now. But. The, the true experts are the guys that set the lines. Um, the, the the media people aren't. They do it. Anything they do is it's got to be interesting. So I wouldn't worry too much. Like I, I think that in general, people knew the Bucks were a good team. I was low on them because I thought they'd lose all of every game that they've won in the playoffs, apart from the first one. But uh, it, even I'm. But yeah, I, I feel like. What annoyed me, and it wasn't necessarily you, it was just Bucks on Twitter in general, was that the second you won, you took to, you, plural, took to, we're so disrespected. And it should have been, wow, let's enjoy this moment because we've just won the fucking Super Bowl. Not, I can't believe people didn't think we'd win the Super Bowl. And that's why I was sort of... And that's why I took to Twitter to sort of just be a wind-up because I was bored of seeing people go, oh, I can't believe people thought we would lose to the Chiefs. It's like, of course people thought you would lose to the Chiefs because it's the Chiefs. Yeah, no, it's fair. But I think I think we're just coming from a place where we've got a chip on our shoulder and we've seen our team play with a chip on the shoulder. And I think it's just hard. You know, we've not been in this situation, so we understood about the underdog thing. And I think most Bucks fans have been hurt. So we, we weren't expecting miracles. Trust me, this has been a great experience for all of us. But I think it's just more of a... There's been a lot of evidence and a lot of, we believe we have a good team, a really good team. We knew the Chiefs would be another challenge, but I think deep down we believed we could do it. And, then, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I think the thing is, no one, it just felt like generally, you're right, the people setting the lines might have understood it and maybe aired on the side of caution even. But I think the thing is, when you're watching the pregame show, all two weeks of hearing nine out of ten people saying, yeah, Bucks have got no chance. Like, there's nothing worse than that because it's a 50-50 game at the end of the day. And even if we wasn't as good, you know, you expect people to give you that respect and go, actually, on the day, the Bucks could surprise us. Mm -hmm. But no one, there wasn't many people saying that. And you can't blame people. I mean, if I was a neutral, I'd be leading the, pay, uh, the Chiefs to win that, probably win by a score, potentially. I understood people when they were saying that. It was, I think it was just seeing a lot of this stuff. And you're right, you shouldn't listen to the media because there's a narrative behind it. And quite often they talk a lot of garbage, to be honest. Look, at us. Look what we do. Exactly, yeah, we talk garbage. We're doing it now. 
Exactly. I'm just trying You're to right, but I think I think it's just we carried that yeah. through, and I don't think most people even gave us a chance. So the fact we won and we won so well, and then we the thing is, even straight after that, ESPN puts the full favourites to next year, and it's like okay, I, I I'm not saying we're the best team in the NFL, but how the fuck can you put us the fourth best in the NFL for next year when we've just completely demolished the best team apparently? And the second best team, and the fifth best team on that list. Being fourth favourites for the Super Bowl is not disrespectful in any any means. I just can't see it. I'm really sorry. I think you. There should I think be, you shouldn't. I just don't. I think Brady's a year older. We Brady can't do it at the new team. I'm joking. I just saw your face. <laughs> <laughs> to, no, listen. I, you should be one of the favourites, and you are. You are one of the favourites. You're you're the fourth or third. I saw you as third favourites. And you're behind the Chiefs because the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL. And one game doesn't change that. Presuming we were in the top two. I think it's yeah, the Vikings, <laughs> isn't it? The Giants were third, I think. Um, yeah, we were Vikings second. Yeah. I don't know who was second. Was it the Packers? Yeah, Packers were second. And I think it was the Bills third. But, but at the same time, what's the difference in prices between you and the Chiefs? I mean, it's probably marginal, isn't it? I think the Chiefs were five to two. We were nine to one. Five to two. I think so. I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was. They was the favourites by quite a bit, and then it was like seven to well, I don't know, six to one, seven to one, nine to one, something like that. Yeah. I, I I don't know. I just my stance on it. Is, it doesn't bother me that much, right. but I just it's you know for well, it's just one of those hard things. It, we're not, we're more than just Tom Brady, but I feel like everyone just thinks we're Tom Brady. Like the, the neutrals, the people who haven't watched us, yeah. think, well, they're okay, but it's Tom Brady. I think that's the. Yeah, I, I don't even think Tom Brady was that that important in the Super Bowl. I I know that's quite outrageous to say, but I think that you could put another averagely good quarterback in that position, and you would have won that game. You might not. I'm not saying you would have got to the Super Bowl, but in that yeah. specific game. Kirk <clears throat> Cousins might have stood a chance behind the centre <laughs> because you just had to be capable. I mean, you stopped, you got, you kept them to nine points. Yeah, it's outrageous. They didn't score. I know it's outrageous. Yeah, yeah, definitely crazy, man. Could have dreamed of all the credit he can get because he moved to a new team and did everything he could with it, and like he's it's probably his. One of his biggest achievements. I wouldn't say it's his biggest achievement because of the team he's on is better than his last w- last win against the Rams. I think that your team is very good. You've got an amazing defense, and he's got weapons. And the running yeah. game sort of came out near the end. So you are a very good team. Mm. But yeah, I don't think it was Brady. I think you're, I don't think many people who's followed the sport would claim that it's actually that was Brady. I don't think people want to claim it was Brady, even if they did believe it, to be honest. But I think I just think like the general perception, when the lazy perception is like, oh, you know, Tom Brady, he's brought Gronk, he's brought AB, and obviously they, they was big players in the game when it really mattered. But it just feels like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, he's the MVP. He's, he's gone over as a 43, you know, naturally. And I, he deserves a lot yeah, of that. He really that is does. half of the story, isn't it? I mean, of course it is, yeah. He did a lot in getting you there. And what he brings off the field is what yeah. probably was more important than actually what he does on the field, to be honest. You'll believe you'd win it. And you also, the Chiefs probably had that in the back of their head that they were coming up against Brady. They, yeah. you, can, you can lose it in the locker room before yeah. the game more than you can win it. And I mean, 
we'll probably talk about it, but they the, the O-line of the Chiefs was missing players. And the game was won in the trenches. I mean, no one could no one could handle that kind of pressure and come out of a win. No, constant no, you're pressure. Right. <clears throat> no chance. Um, that, was, that was the game. So we'll go through some of the big sort of or bigger points in the game. Um, the obviously they went they went up with a field goal. Uh, Bucks straight back down that Brady to Gronk combination. Um, I watched that touchdown about 10 times, I think, just watching it back. And it was outrageously simple. Like, you know, he, he lines up on the right-hand side, seemingly unchecked all the way across the field. Um, I mean, he really isn't a very fast man. Um, and it's quite hilarious watching him run. But uh, Yeah, he's like he's just, running mud. Just unchecked. And I thought it, it was just that... The fact that it was those two again kind of set the tone for it. Um, and then, obviously, they, this, they stopped you at the goal line twice in the second quarter. They didn't do anything with possession. Um, you go back down again, Brady to Gronk again, 14-3. And I'm kind of looking at that thinking, more than half the game to go. And if they don't do something very quick... It was going to get away from them, even though it was the Chiefs, because the momentum you could you could just feel it all going away from them. Yeah, it never felt like that. He kind of did. You're right. Any other team, I might have believed we was getting away from them. But yeah, the Chiefs, you always just worried for it would take one drive and then they'll be off on the way. When we got stuffed on the one yard line, obviously our big big lineman, in fairness, made the catch and then obviously got knocked out of his hands. Mm. Um, and then they stopped him twice. I was thinking that's massive, like. We've it felt like we was going, we was playing so well at that point. We was yeah. getting going. The defense had done its job. That was going to be a massive touchdown. They stopped it. I was like, if they go ninety nine yards now, do we ever come back from that? Yeah. Um, and when he, and then I was thinking maybe there'd be a safety because it was that type of game. Like it, even that early on, I still believed our line would get there. But then he he actually completed like a I don't know like a twelve yard pass, and I was like, oh god, they've got away from it already. Um, and then we managed to stop them. And that, that was huge. Once we stopped them, I knew that killed any momentum of them taking charge of that half, at least. And then, obviously, they punted it, and then there was another penalty, which they gave away, which is early on. But that's the first well, first of a couple of penalties. And then he muffed the punt. And once that happened, it just felt like the momentum was completely back with us again. You knew Brady was going to make them pay. Yeah. Um, another penalty came in, which we know we're, we're going to have to talk about penalties, obviously, because I'm sure every Chief fan has an opinion. Um, but he made it pay. You know, the penalty was given. And he, you know, he gives half a chance to Brady. He ain't going to say no to that. And then obviously, yeah, great play. He extended the play and got it to Gronk. And that was huge. 14-3. They had a chance. They stopped us on the goal line. They even they got a field goal. It would have been 7-6. All of a sudden, now we're 14-3 up, full of confidence. And it just it felt like that could have been a big moment if it had gone the other way. Yeah. If, um, yeah, well, we, you know, you've said it there. And we, we, we have to go into it because it formed such a significant part of the post-game Twitter analysis, didn't it? Um, there's a big moment at the end of the second half. Um, there's two PI calls in the drive. Um, I think Breland gets called on the deep shot. There's yeah. A bit of a tangling of legs. Um, I mean, you watch, you watch that back and you look at the slow motion and the stills and you think, there's not much he could do about that. It was... It just yeah. looked like a, like a tank, that a total accident. Um, the next play, Brady's 
thrown to Evans in the end zone. Matthew gets flagged for PI. The shocking pass. It was not catchable. Say again? It wasn't catchable. No, no, no. It can't possibly have been. Um, And then, of course, I think the same drive, wasn't it? It was the the Brown touchdown off the back of that drive. Yeah, straight after that, yeah. 21-6 at the half. I mean... I'm not sure where the play was in the timeline, but the one for me that was the, the real bad call was the interception that wasn't given. Um, was that earlier? Was that the holding call? Yeah, the holding call. Yeah. Uh, where Honey Badger called it. Um, that was the only penalty for me that I was like, that's a shocking call. Because he touched him. But if you call that every time, then there will be flag after flag after flag. And yeah. <clears throat> my stance on the whole, the, the entire penalties debate was, this is the Super Bowl. You have to let these guys play. There, there will be contact, but as long as you're consistent both sides, you'd you'd rather there was contact and competitive football than calling calling pass interference on everything because it it's just not good for the game. Mm. And uh, yeah, the, I know you're saying yeah. The deep shot was just unfortunate. Uh, live, real time, I was like, well, that's pass interference. The guy, they're both on the floor. It's pass interference, but when you look back, it was just unlucky. But it would have been an interesting debate if the Chiefs then lost by four points. Well, yeah. I mean, what, what's interesting there, though, so I totally take your point about, you know, let them play and don't, you know, maybe a little bit more lenience, if you like, from an official point of view. But uh, I watched the game, I'm sure you two both know, uh, on a Zoom call with numerous other people. And the general consensus on there was... You know they're calling everything, so stop. Yeah, stop, stop doing it. And and I, you, you kind of sit there and you think, how hard is it for them to get in the Super Bowl to get that mindset across? Like, you know, you've got it. It's middle of the game, but you've just got to stop doing it. They well, did, I, look, I looked into this because I've listened to podcasts as well. To be fair, so I'm cheating. I'm not going to say it's all my own homework. Um, but you're thought. right. Um, I think I think they should. You should be able to let a few things go, definitely. Like the Packers Bucks game is probably the other extreme, and that's the problem because people then go, "Well, the Packers and Bucks and all the rest of it." But the thing is, that was there was stuff going on for the Packers side as well, but they just let them go. It was just one of those games until the end when they had to, they had no choice. But that was the thing. That was an example of where they was letting go of everything and probably being a bit too much on it. And in the Super Bowl, you would like them to air on that side. Yeah. But the thing is, this this official, this head official, and that crew quite early on showed that they was going to throw flags. And like they, they always say um, when you listen to around the NFL podcast, I'm just going to keep quoting them now. Um, last year, uh, the Chiefs were sort of saying, oh, yeah, you've got to keep an eye on them for holding and doing it. They always go up to the head official and tell them things. And obviously the Bucks would have been saying, look, our line's going to dominate them. You keep an eye on them holding. And they actually like to hold on the back end. And the thing mm. is, all those little conversations, it depends on the official because obviously another year you'll get an official that doesn't want to give flags. Um, but apparently this, the head official's crew in the regular season was either the highest or one of the highest penalised for throwing flags. Um, obviously, it's a, it's a head off. They have different people. They don't have their crew. But quite early on, you could tell that they was going to flag you. And you have to either have a game plan that says this guy is known for throwing the flag. Whether you like it or not, he does it. Um, so you can't get away with doing that. And apparently, I, mean, I haven't watched all the Chiefs games to any level to really back it up but they apparently hold a lot on the back end oh the, um, the Bills game they were 
they kept on calling it sticky coverage. And it's like, yeah. you mean they're holding? Yeah, sticky coverage. And Romo called that out. And he said, yeah, yeah that's it's sticky not, that's coverage not... unless you get called out for it. Sticky coverage is just holding and getting away from, getting away with it. That's all it is. Exactly. It. Yeah. And that's the thing. Sometimes you will get away with it. But then when you don't get away with it and you're impeding players, you can't also moan. It works both ways, unfortunately. Probably, more I... consistency would be great. but I, I think you're right. It's... Um... I personally think that they got it wrong, the officials, by starting the game that way. But the Chiefs have to adapt to it, of course. They're, they're not going to change. If the if the uh, the referees start to change, then it's worse because they're inconsistent. Yeah. They're inconsistently wrong, in my opinion. But I mean, they're consistently wrong. But I'd rather they were consistent with it because then it just is even. At least because the Bucks didn't give away as many fouls. Quite simply. But that's, that's the thing. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know. It's hard to sort of necessarily 100% confirm. But, like, the Bucks gave away, I think, virtually nothing. And some people say, oh, it's the Brady effect. Or oh, it's Bucks were getting away. They wasn't. It's just we wasn't holding people. Yeah. The thing is, like, Mike Carlson also said, if you're starting to tug someone back, and, like, obviously, even though you're right, that pass, it did surprise me when they threw the flag on Evans um, and, and, obviously, Matthew in the back, in the backfield, because it did feel like that was never really going to ever be a completion. But... The thing is, he was already grabbing hold of him for like three seconds before he kind of nudged him and knocked him over. And it's just a bit like, you can't get away with doing that. You're in, you're only impeding someone because you've been beaten. And, you know, when you're doing it constantly, they, they was already showing that they're going to throw flags if you do it. So, yeah, I, I can understand it from a Chiefs point of view. It was a bit, I don't know if it was necessarily catchable, but you, you can't do it. He had a chance to get in the end zone. He's being pulled back and then like knocked off his balance right in front of someone's nose. They've been throwing it. What do you expect? Um, so, and you're right. If the game was a one-score game, you could probably debate it more. But it, it just wasn't. It wasn't just because of the flags you lost. It, you know, I can understand why they're annoyed. Because I agree. I think it's best to try and err on the side of caution, especially earlier on. And then maybe if it keeps happening, you then start penalising it. But that's not how that crew works. And they showed, they showed that from literally snap one. And yeah, you're right. You've got to adapt. The Bucks didn't give up penalties. They kept their discipline as much as they could. The only other one I'd say was a bit dubious was obviously the fact that um, Brady didn't get the flag for chasing after Tyron oh. Matthew. Because, uh, I, I mean, mean, in fairness, Matthew did shout at something to him and then he chased after him, but Brady was in his face. So yeah. I was a bit surprised that it went against them and not, like, either just let go or... One yeah, it's of, both, isn't it? They're offsetting. That's an offsetting. That's how it should have been, yeah. yeah. They're both as bad as each other for that. Yeah, I think that would that, that probably just put a, a large amount of fuel on the fire. Because it was so obviously not one-sided. No. For it to only be called out. It's just like, if you're a Brady hater on Twitter, it's like, well, that is, there is my ammo. It's yeah, right. That, that one was definitely, they gave Brady the benefit of the doubt because of who he was. Because that was, like you say, an offsetting penalty. Did it matter? That wasn't, I'm glad that the difference wasn't penalties. Because yeah, yeah that would have been boring. I don't like talking about... And no one wants to win a Super Bowl off the back of just three or four bad calls or something like that. There is zero doubt that you would have won it regardless. Yeah, I think so. Um, when you come out in the third, Chiefs put another field goal up, and you go straight back down the other end. Uh, Fournette runs it in, 28-9 up at that point. Uh, surely then, James. Surely you knew it was over then. Even you? No. <laughs> I, 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 I was starting to believe, obviously, but until it got down, honestly, when it got down to about five minutes, then I was like, you could tell that, <clears throat> like, Kelsey was catching balls, but it was almost like, 
can't be bothered really like it's not going to do anything and no, no. at that point the body language was telling me that mm. even if they got a touchdown it weren't going to happen i mean you when you, you got the field goal uh there's an interception end of the third you got the field goal 31-9 when you watch it back um from that basically from that point onwards it's just a succession of players where Mahomes is just running, running away running for his life um trying to make miracle passes that just aren't coming off uh, he's doing his damnedest and that's where it ends up in another interception and Brady basically kneels down for the rest of the game but we all know he covered a lot of yards running away from your lads. And it was just, you know, an incredible performance. Just yeah. relentless. That was the word. It was just non-stop pressure. Um, and, yeah, they were missing a couple of guys. I get that. Um, not to take anything away from what from what the books did. Um, just such an incredible tactical job. Todd Bowles deserves all the credit in the world because, yeah, week 12 was a disaster for most of that game, obviously. Um, I, I, and I think Dan made that point. We probably learnt more from that game than they did about us. Yeah, um, and it showed because Todd Bowles probably went and watched other teams' tactics, worked yeah. out what didn't work for us, and he, he absolutely nailed it. I mean, we haven't seen anyone do that to the Chiefs. So to do it on the biggest stage possible, but adding to what you said about Mahomes as well, I mean, that guy never gave up. And he wasn't even towards the end, he still wasn't giving up. Because there was plays there where he should have just got sacked. Like, anyone else would have just been like, I'll do whatever. Like, why am I even bothering? But he was still... I mean, there was two times where he got hit and he was about to go down. And he launched... Obviously, that one where it hit the face of Robinson, I think it was. That I mean, that deserved to be a touchdown just because of how the hell did he even release the ball, let alone put it on the like in his hands, pretty much, or his face. Um yeah, I mean, I've, I have massive respect for Mahomes. He's incredible. And he's going to get many more chances to, to win it, um, maybe in three or four years' time. Um, but, you know, let's face it, the guy's incredible. It wasn't really their day. Their, their receivers don't make many drop catches. They had a couple of poor ones in this game. I think there was a lot of times where the Bucks were hitting them as they was catching the ball, like you would hope. Yeah. And I think there was, there was false. They had people on their breathing down their neck. That doesn't help a receiver, let's face it. But there was a couple of drops there. And they just wasn't able to play how they normally play, how they want to play. We took it all away from them. Um, and they just didn't really have any other answers. But partly because the pressure. The pressure just meant that Mahomes was constantly running for his life. And even he can't keep making plays happen. So I can't. I'm so excited for the Bucks defense because that was incredible. Like I've been backing them a whole year, but that was on another level. Um, and it wasn't even just the pass rush because you need the back end. In the past, we've had the rush, and then we had the back end just let someone wide open. That didn't happen. They were so good. They were absolutely perfect on the back end, which gave meant Mahomes had to hold on a little bit longer, which then meant we was able to get to him. And, you know, it all just perfectly couldn't have dreamed up a better scheme. The one thing I'd say about Mahomes before we go off him is you, can't, you don't want to get too carried away because he lost at the end of the day. Yeah. So you can't give him too much credit. He had 0% chance of winning with that line. But the thing I really loved about him was that at no point did it seem like he was moaning about his lack of protection or the drops. There was faces where it's like just after the drop, he's disappointed, but his chin was up, he carried on, and he still made things happen, whether or not they came to fruition or not, because of drops. But yeah, I, I thought it was a really impressive performance from him off the ball, just the way he held himself. It shows how much of a leader he is for starters. And... I guess there's an element of patience there because 
he's not 35 and this is his last shot at winning a Super Bowl. I think he knows that. I don't think anyone, there's not many teams that lose a Super Bowl and then afterwards there's not an article about what needs to change. Because nobody's even, they don't have to do anything different and they'll win another Super Bowl at some point. So, yeah, but on I feel like I have, every time you give Mahomes a compliment, you have to give Brady one because it's only fair. Um, the thing that I liked about Brady in this game, and it's probably why he's so great, is that whenever there was a chance to zap momentum from the Chiefs, it was just gone. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I think they scored a field goal, they were part of a touchdown. And yeah. when you're when you're winning, when you've got a lead, that's all you need to do. The Chiefs wouldn't at no point did the Chiefs get two drives successful in a row. Throughout the entire game. If they scored, you scored back. And if they didn't yeah. score, you scored. It, it was just it was it was relentless. It was it, it felt like it almost was we did our bit for a shootout, but they wasn't able to do their bit. That's how it felt because it just felt like after the first two drives, we like you said, we were scoring. Towards the end we didn't we didn't need to, we were just running the clock down. But yeah, for the best part of the back end of the first quarter, the second and the third, it felt like we were going to score every time. Andy, Brady was just leading us down there. Have you got the list of drives there? You just went through them. Have you got the list of every drive? Not every one, no. Uh, I was just wondering what the response was every time. I can't remember, but every time that they scored a field goal, what did you score after every drive? I, I feel like we did off maybe three of them. I was all three. Well, it would have been all three, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I think, no, that's a lie. We did off two of them. And then, um, obviously, the last one, we got a field goal. But that Chiefs. was obviously as killer punch as anything because it so took a scored. while. Every, every time scored. they scored, they didn't stop you afterwards. No. Yeah, that was it. Pretty there was confident no, was close. Yeah, there, there was no chance of them gaining and building any sort of confidence in the game. Yeah. But it's, it's, I'm glad you brought Brady up because, obviously, yes, the defence was amazing and that was the big reason why we won this, let's face it, of course. But if the offence wasn't scoring, it would have been a completely different story. And you're right, Brady was Brady was fine. He was brilliant. Like He couldn't have done any more. There was more yeah. in the tank if we needed it. He you know, got us up to 28 points. It wasn't just him. We had a running game. I felt like, um, obviously, the Chiefs fell a bit behind, so I guess they couldn't really lean on it quite the same. But where the Bucks were having to play the way they were playing, there was chances to run on us. And you saw that a couple of times, but I felt like they should have probably lent on that more because earlier. it then opened up everything else. Right. They should have lent on it earlier when they still had a chance to. It got yeah. to a point where they couldn't anymore, but they should have been a bit more dynamic. Because at the end of the day, we all, it's the very basic rules of NFL. If you run the ball, you can pass the ball better. We all know it, um, but teams don't do it anymore. <laughs> there aren't many teams that run the ball anymore. Well, the thing is, the Bucks don't. The Bucks rarely run the ball, even when we are efficient. But that was the difference. Like we we started bringing running after those first two drives, and it got us a couple of first downs, got us a couple of third and shorts. And you know what Brady's like. You give that chance. He likes a third and short, third and long, not so much. But then the play action comes into it, and we opened them completely up. It felt like at the start of the third, they lent on um, uh, Edwardson there to actually start running the ball, and he actually had three or four good runs. And then they, I thought, oh, no, they're going to run this all the way down and then get a touchdown just to give them a chance. But then they didn't. They went back to passing it and we stopped them. And it was just a bit like, you should have probably kept running. I don't understand it. Like, you're getting five yards of run. We don't do that. But then that would have brought our guys up. Now you've got a chance to hurt us. But it's easier said than done, obviously. I'm but I'm just surprised. I'm not willing to slag off Andy Reid's play calling just yet because that's a pretty bold move. But <laughs> there, were question, there, were, there were question marks there. Yeah. 
it felt like they just they wasn't patient. They just they kind of felt like they had to get it there and then. But there might have been another avenue. But I still don't think it would have been enough, personally. No, I mean you've well you've both uh, nailed it really. I mean all the all the post game stuff was about the, the the defensive effort and as stellar as it was, you had to be ruthless going the other way. And you know nobody nobody kind of pulled up trees in terms of statistics and the box score, but you just they took every chance. Um, and look at the guys who did the damage as well. I think it's a great story. Um, I was just talking to a, to my friend who lives in New Zealand before we started. It was a it was a Bucks fan. Um, big shout out to John. Um, what a legend. Oh, he, well is, done, John. he is a legend. Um, you know, the, look at the people you've brought in: Fournette, Brown, bringing Gronk back, which people said, "Oh, it's just a move to appease Brady." And these end up being the guys who get the business done. And it's just a great story. I'm first to put my hand up and say I was wrong about Gronk. Um, I didn't think he'd be able to play football anymore. And he didn't for a lot of the season, to oh. be fair. But when it matters, when you... They should just save it. Next season, don't play him in the regular season. <laughs> That's the point. Get off Gronk. Yeah, to play, just save him for when it matters because then he'll be fit, stronger, just tall and big. It's, 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 it's so annoying because... You look at him like, well, why hasn't everyone got one of him? Yeah, just seems yeah. so much easier. I, I'm sure there aren't many people built like Gronk around. But if there <laughs> are, they should be playing tight end in the NFL. Just bring every basketball player over. Well, LeBron James was a tight end back in the day, wasn't he? Um, in Makes college. sense, doesn't it? Yeah, I'd like to see it. If he ever gets bored of winning the NBA. <laughs> I'm... Uh... I know we're kind of pressing on, and you you two kind of said at the start um, about all things to do with Brady and the sentiment that was going on, but we were kind of saying before we started recording, James, before you joined us, that I thought the analysis of the game was afterwards was fascinating because it was it's not lost on me how much of it was driven by how people wanted the game to pan out, and that, that kind of spills over. There was loads of anti-Brady stuff going around before the game. We knew that all the neutrals are rooting for the Chiefs. Um, and that's what lends itself to people then talking about what the Chiefs did wrong. Because they're, they're annoyed that it, it didn't work out. And when you were saying about you know disrespect and stuff, it, that feeds into it, certainly. Because people forget what really matters. And that is the job that the books did at the end of the day. Um, don't justify that disrespect now <laughs> come on I, yeah, I, mean, I, I agree with everything example. you said I agree with everything you said but don't just just don't say it <laughs> but it is a perfect example I'm, I've seen stuff where they're saying well the Kansas City Chiefs have probably had their worst day and it's like alright things weren't quite going right for them of course they didn't have their best day but the thing is there was reasons why they didn't have their best day there's no argument saying oh, if the Chiefs played at their best they would have won because they wasn't allowed to play at their best you know, I'm sure if the Bucks play, if they played the Chiefs next year, it'll be a completely different story because they've seen what we've done and, you know, trying to recreate that twice is going to be impossible. They're going to adapt. So, you know what I mean? It's just one of those. It was our night. We had a perfect plan. Um, I think I think the thing is as well, their discipline was the thing that surprised me the most because we was the team, we were a young team outside of obviously the few oldies we've got, especially on defence. And I was worried. We've been getting better as the years gone on with that. But I thought in the big moment, if things you know got a bit tight, that would be where we'd fall down. 
they've been there, done that. That's massive. But if anything, their discipline was from quite early on was just shocking. Really, they was giving up silly penalties. They looked like they lost the plot at times. Um, but I think the thing is, it, they haven't been challenged that much. And that's not a knock on everyone else. Of course, there's been tight games. We know they haven't won by lots this year, but it's felt comfortable when they've won. And it felt like we came out, luckily we had this really good plan, it works well, but we didn't fear them. We came out and said, we're going to have a good go at this. We're going to be aggressive and we're going to have a go at it. And it felt like they was challenged and it didn't, they didn't like it, especially their defence. I mean, that was just the impression I was getting. I'm not saying, you know, but because they're not challenged every week, I think that kind of showed a little bit. Going back to what Andy said, um, I think you're absolutely right. And it's that the, the Bucks did win it. The Chiefs didn't lose it because they didn't get given a chance to win it. It was definitely a Bucks masterclass that was the difference. I wouldn't doubt that. It's just when you go back to that disrespect thing, the reason it pissed me off is because you should be... Anything you say at full time of a Super Bowl when your team wins, it should be positive. Yeah. It's Twitter, mate. No one's going to say nothing positive on Twitter. <laughs> no one, everyone who's sure. gotten one wants to wind someone up. <laughs> no, That's I get it. Do, it works. Quite That's quickly, what you were doing. Quite, quite clearly, I'm triggered. It pissed me <laughs> off. It's like, oh, come on, where's the respect? It's like, just go and have a beer. Celebrate. <laughs> you won the but, fucking Super Bowl. Well, for all of the, you know, there was a lot of analysis, a lot of very, very good analysis on Twitter of all places. I think my fa- my favourite bit um, was uh, from someone called Paul, who's at, uh, at fantasy underscore NFL UK. And he said uh, after the game, that was a really bad game. At least the Rams versus the Pats was still a game in the fourth quarter. I thought that was excellent. <laughs> Don't even remember saying it. <laughs> Sounds good. I loved it. Um, before we go on to our prize giving, because we're such a generous bunch, um, anything else on that game? Congratulations, James. I don't yeah. know if I've said it yet. You I don't know it. Job, actually. Yeah, it was... <laughs> There was the one sort of I was I was happy for the podcast if anything. It was uh, not for me, just the podcast. No, I am like having experienced it. It's like I'm glad you've now experienced it. I hope you never experience it again. But (laughs) to be honest, if Brady goes, then I don't really care. I wouldn't be. I'm I'm not anti Bucks really. Um, It's mainly Brady. There were some good. There were some players that I like on that roster. There are some players that I enjoyed winning it. Bunch of LSU guys in that Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> I was, obviously, I was wearing my LSU jersey. So whenever someone mentioned LSU, I was like, go Tigers, because I'm such a big fan. But, um, so basically, you were supporting us then, yeah? What, I, I, I clearly know that much about it. That Every time I said it, I was like, oh, was he LSU? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There's an insight. Love I didn't know half. Am I right in saying Devin White was LSU? Yeah. Yeah, my guy. My guy. <laughs> Your guy, the MVP. <laughs> yeah. My MVP. Kurt, <laughs> Evan's in for next year. Yeah, no, the only thing I'd like to add, really, I think Paul's kind of right. Obviously, winning that is... I mean, I don't still don't think it's 100% sinking. Every now and again, I think about it, I'm like, wow, that's like absolutely bonkers. Until the um, season starts, you'll be keep on watching things go, oh my God, that was us, we won that. I was saying to a couple of people, like, normally at this point, I'm like, right, free agency, the draft. I couldn't care less. Like, I literally I don't care for it. Just move on. Let's go to next year. Like, it's an amazing feeling. And, and generally, now it's happened. I know I'll change my mind when the season comes around. But now it's happened. I, 
feel much more relaxed about stuff. Like I'm like, do you know what? I'd like to see the Browns win it. Do you know what? Yeah. I'd like to see the Vikings win it. I just feel like people deserve this. The Vikings never won a Super Bowl. The Browns have gone through all that hurt. They deserve this now. You want to win it first and foremost, but it's it's less do or die once you've once you've won it. I put such pressure on it. I generally thought I might go through my whole life of yeah. never seeing one the Bucks in the Super Bowl, but two winning one. So it's that's what I'm still dealing with at the moment. <laughs> There's only us left to go to complete this little uh, little circle. I was going to say something else. I was going to say three. You want to go down that route? Wow. <laughs> right. Do you want me to uh, draw this name out? Come on in. So, uh, for those who don't know, probably going to switch off now anyway. Um, we were running a competition. Uh, we had a prize up for grabs from uh, Lidbury Draws. Follow him if you're not already. Great stuff on there. Um, so, narrows it down to a Tampa fan. Uh, we had both both sets of fans in the hat until that result. So now we're going to pull a Tampa fan out. And there, Andy. Hey, balls! You've won enough. Oh. Uh, you're going to win a, a print of an iconic Tampa Bay player. You can tell everybody what the player is, though. Oh, happily shutting down the vet. How are you feeling, Eagles fans? We shut down your stadium. There you go. So let's have a look. I've got the names in my. Rather dashing Michigan Spartans hat. Let's have a look. The Good winner, guys. There's <laughs> only one name in there. <laughs> and the winner is Daniel Tompkins, who's at Buccaneer Dan. Ah, uh, what's that one? Fan. It will change it to tomorrow to probably like I don't know Giants fan Dan or something. Well, we'll get in touch with Dan um, soon as, and we'll get that sorted out for him. And thanks again, uh, Lidbury Draws. Thank you for being part of that. Go check it out. I will be purchasing myself something nice from him. I think I might do. I might actually purchase that because I think that's actually really cool. That is a very cool prize. And thanks to everyone for entering that. We'll have more uh, competitions running. In due course. Just before you um, finish up, I've got one thing. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's not an outside the huddle podcast about food question. But have you seen the Weetabix thing? Oh, God. Quite recently, yeah. Yeah, they put on Twitter um, a picture of Weetabix. And the quote is something like, why does bread have all the fun or something like that? And it's beans on Weetabix. Oh, what? Is that, is, Are you asking, would I accept eating? <laughs> I'm asking, would you at least try it once? I'd happily try anything if someone wants to, you know, to look good, but I don't think I'd ever like that. Okay. No. Would I'm, you? I'll, I'll give it a go. I, I wouldn't do it myself because it's a waste of meat and Weetabix. But if someone offered it to me at a restaurant for free, I'd, put, I'd try one mouth. I can't see how it's acceptable. Does It, it just doesn't work. Would it not, I'm sure the Weetabix would just still be very hard yeah i mean you'd have to i mean the bean juice might just start dribbling in but um <laughs> but yeah i don't i don't like that beans the juice and then this rock hard weetabix no thanks do you know i microwave um, it I'm well, well. As, a, as a 35 year old man i'm gonna admit that when i eat weetabix i eat them like a child so i mush them up oh yeah do you yeah oh yeah yeah. I'm with you on that. I couldn't. It like a porridge. Yeah, yeah. 
But I'm it's not all, against... Mine's more like cement by the time. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're, you're saying dry. is you turn your Weetabix into ready brack. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. The, the texture as it is is just not acceptable. I mean, I, I will eat Weetabix, but I have I can't say I've ever enjoyed it. <laughs> it's yeah, it's not a number one, is it? Maybe we need to do cereals. It's, but... it's the like that is just like filling up at a gas station, isn't it? There is nothing you enjoy about it. It's like I need it to survive. <laughs> you mean a petrol station, Paul? Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, this is an American American football <laughs> podcast, actually, James. Fair play. Sorry. I'll take you back. People tuning in to hear our Super Bowl thoughts and what they get is beans on Weetabix. <laughs> is Weetabix a British thing? I'm sure it is. Yeah, they must have an equivalent. They wouldn't call it Weetabix, though, would they? Yeah. Probably if fried Bix or something. Yeah, how would you describe... I was about to try and describe what Weetabix is, just in case. It's, um, yeah, it's like this ashy slab of wheat. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> And everyone in the UK has it every morning. And they think they get strong from it. Oh, I have another. Uh, this is literally a 10 second question. Um, tomato ketchup, Heinz ketchup, fridge? Yes. No. <laughs> do I get the deciding vote? Does that mean I get the deciding vote? You do, yeah. The answer is no. Oh. oh. I can't stand cold ketchup. I don't know why you'd want it. It doesn't go on cold food. Yes, it's very true, and to be honest, I've never had it and thought, hmm, how refreshingly cold. Yeah, like, it's on cold food. Plus, when you go to the, the calf, it's not been in the fridge, has it? It's been, I mean, if anything, it's disgusting, but it's not yeah, been in the say, fridge. Calf ketchup is a different breed. There's a different yeah, genre. Yeah, talk about COVID. There we go. <laughs> That's where it came from. They're not bats. It was from them bottles of, them tomato-shaped bottles at a calf. I'm just doubting everything about my 35 years now. I, don't, yeah, I, don't, I just don't see why. It's a, if you've ever listened to Tail Ender's podcast, oh, I, we don't name podcasts. There's a famous cricket podcast. Um, and if you ever listened to that, there was a massive debate about it. And uh, yeah, I was intru- I remember thinking to myself, why would anyone ever put it in the fridge? I don't know. People do, to be fair. Yeah, a lot of people do. Just, if you ever call them out on it, like, I don't know, I just do. Gonna, once we finish this, I'm going to go down and look at the current bottle that's in there. And I'm going to see if it says anywhere, keep refrigerated. It does. It does actually say it, doesn't it? Well, then I'd be right. Yeah, you're, you're a sheep. <laughs> <laughs> it says jump off a bridge, but don't, yeah. you, know, you don't do that, do you? Well, by the rules. I mean, I would say that's it. That that Technically, that is it for the season. Um, yeah. Except... Unfortunately, we're not going anywhere. Um, everybody enjoyed it? Yeah, it's been good fun. There's been ups and downs. <laughs> What's them ups and downs, Paul? Come on. <laughs> uh, the ups are... Oh, should I stop the downs? The downs <laughs> are... James won the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we're... Um, you know... We, we're going to re- reassess and take a break for, for, for like a week, maybe. I don't know. Maybe not even that. Yeah, we'll gonna... I guarantee on Monday morning, like, are we good for tomorrow? Well, we'll have to. We'll have to. Otherwise, there's not life is empty, isn't it? I mean, aside from your like, partners and kids and stuff. Um, <laughs> we'll be around like a bad smell, Paul, winding people up. I'm going to have to find people who will 
If people stop listening, I'm going to have to actively seek them. <laughs> and you don't what? want him doing that. No, it's much more fun when people just come to listen and I've got a platform to do it on, even if there's only four of you. Yeah, man. I think we touched on it earlier as well. Like for me, I, I do have a few friends from like school and a couple of people I do know that like it. But this is probably as much as I get to talk about the NFL with people who are kind of like-minded. If you want to be put in my category, um, and we just enjoy doing this. So the fact people want to listen to it, we really appreciate you. Yeah, it's been good fun. Um, is this this is just a one weeker, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, there's no. Don't, I know you'll be sat there on Friday morning looking for the second episode because your life is depending on it but we might not be there just just go back to this episode and listen to it twice yeah. or if you don't want to hear the super bowl don't blame you go back to episode one and listen to us talk absolute nonsense yeah you should probably go back now that we've done the first season and listen to every episode mm-hmm. and see how far we've progressed because yeah that just makes sense it might not be very far though <laughs> It's it progression. Uh, so well. No, absolutely. It's been a it's been a total blast as far as I'm concerned. Loved it. Highlight of every week. Um, and hopefully we're going to carry on pumping stuff out over the off season. Go try and get some guests on for people uh, to listen to, and uh, we'll start it all again because we're going to start building now. Your win means nothing, James. It's done. No, over. We're just one of thirty-two now. Yeah. yeah. That's where I like to be, to be honest. I don't want people expecting. We'll get through these contract negotiations between the three of us. Yeah. And then we'll sort out next season. Yeah. Who are the books? The nearly fourth favourites to win it next year. Exactly, yeah. Back to our normal position. We'll be down to 29. It must be hard just being so disrespected. It is bloody hard, I tell you. I can't wait to do my first power rankings. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. you're going to be 32 this year all 32 no I can't be doing that shit no it's just that it goes like top 10 and then bottom 5 the bottom 2 or 3 is fine isn't it? you don't need yeah. to do like 32 what's that all about no one cares about the middle nah and plus it changes every week 26 okay. goes up to 19 then they go back down to 32 it's just crap yes. if you do like the top 10 and the bottom 5 me and James will be involved and our teams will be involved in Andy's work <laughs> That's <laughs> very true. I'm, al- I'm already looking forward to, to the next next season. Um, most important, yeah, I think we did already, maybe, but thanks to everybody who's listened this season. Uh, there would be no point if you didn't. So, um, yeah, hopefully you'll stick with us and enjoy what we put out over the coming months. Yeah, and if you have something you want us to talk about in the off-season, I mean, anything in particular, it doesn't have to be in particular. If you just say, oh, do an episode on this, we'll probably make it into a two episode a week. We've got <laughs> nothing to talk about. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, obviously, one thing I will say is if everyone could subscribe, rate us, because we've learned that people have done this. We, we haven't really noticed. Um, but yeah, that's always good because it helps support us. But yeah, please, any suggestions? If you want anything particular you want us to talk, I think that would be handy. Because yeah, I'm going to waffle on otherwise. We don't like to think for ourselves. So if someone can just shovel something our way, um, <laughs> we'll make an episode out of it. Definitely. Quite right. But I like the top five. If you can give us the top five, top five category, then we've got at least half an episode sorted. 
Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, like, I don't know, as quick as we can do this, because a lot of people have mostly switched off. Your Paul, your dad did shout something up last week or the week before that was a great shout. And it was about, uh, was it the dinner party question? Which three, mm. maybe three people you're going to have? Yeah, let's do three because five's a lot. Um, okay. Then so that, that wasn't our problem. criteria, though, wasn't there? Like, does it have to be two sportsmen and one other, or was it just all sportsmen? Or? Well, we've clearly done lots of planning, and we've all... <laughs> I can't remember what he stuff. said. Yeah. Don't even have to so give a reason. So we've got to do three people that you want to have dinner with. Just three, any three people. Yeah, your dinner party crew. Oh. <laughs> He's going first. I've got two. I can't think of the third one. I'll, I'll, I'll go first because I feel I can wind pull up with it. Um, without any thought at all, my first one would be Peyton Manning because he was a massive reason why I really enjoyed the NFL. And I'm keeping this sport related, let's face it, yeah. and the NFL just for the sake of it. Second one, Tom Brady because arch rivals but kind of friends really and it would just be quite good to hear their stories third one just to make him suffer paul just put, i'm putting him right next oh, yeah, to him right right. yeah yeah i'll talk to peyton and then leave paul to speak to tom you really think that's gonna upset me you just put me on your top three dinner party guests of all time yeah and that's i just want to hear you probably like tell him how lovely tom is i love you tom you're like the greatest of all time i wish eli didn't beat you both time <laughs> I would, I would absolutely suck up to Tom Brady if I ever met him, just to clarify. Damn right. What would Without you... a doubt. I'd say I'm a huge fan. <laughs> I would go with... Um, I'd have Ricky Gervais. Love everything he's done. Everything he says. Legend. Uh, I'd have uh, Jeff Bridges. Okay. Yeah. Fair play. Absolutely. I love his voice. Christ, just let him talk. Um, and Arsene Wenger, because he's just fascinating. You're missing him, aren't you? Not not from a managerial standpoint, but just I'd like him just to be there. If I needed to ring him, I'd like to just say, Arsene, talk to me. Tell me something <laughs> wise. Fair, yeah, well, along those lines, I think I would have Jose Mourinho there. Um Mainly because if you think about the way I wind people up, there's a little bit of me based on Jose Mourinho. Let's be honest. I, I, there is. I just try to be like him. He's, he's an idol of mine. He's one step away from calling himself the special one. Yeah. <laughs> of I've course he is. Done it. I've already done it, just not on here. When, you think, like, when he loses, he turns it into a, something else. It's just, he's a genius. and I'd, um, As much as I, I don't even like him anymore, but respect and I'd like to have him at a dinner party who else would I have I might have Steve Carell there mm-hmm. um, I've been watching the, the American Office recently and he's he's very funny he is. Um, so I might have him and then third I don't really know I might I might chuck an NFL player in there because it's an NFL podcast should I put Kurt oh, go on then Curtis Samuel oh. don't even know never heard an interview with him in my life don't know what he's like as a person so I should probably find out we don't care now. Next year you'll have a different bad. No, because Curtis Samuel's going to re- sign somewhere. And he's going to be a brand new Curtis. Very possible. James is falling over, I think. Yeah, James is missing a pal. He doesn't care anymore. He's got his Super Bowl. I'll be honest, I've got 1% battery left. I was like, ah. Uh, probably, 
Paul's talking. I'm going to run out. Uh, what a way that would have been for you to go. Just cut off. Um, Paul, did you mention Tom Hanks or not? <laughs> did none of us mention Tom Hanks? Okay. I'm really sorry, but Curtis Samuel was uninvited to my party. I, you put me on the spot. I put Steve Carell, Jose Mourinho and Tom Hanks. That would be pretty decent. Well, you're not having Tom Hanks and Mourinho in the same party because they're polar opposites. They would get on. You know they would. Tom Hanks would go, ah, the special one. God. Well, if that's not a ridiculous note to end this podcast on... Are we actually ending it now? No, not. <laughs> yeah, we're ending it. Not got something else. We've done well to make this drag out for another 20 minutes. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> People are probably going to, oh, right, they're rounding up now. Yeah. And then they've got 20 minutes of sponsors at the end. Yeah, instead of doing two episodes a week, they're going to do, like, one one hour and 45 minute one instead. Yeah. Well, that's it. Somebody say something meaningful to end it on. Come on, winner. You do it. <laughs> For everyone else, I hope you have a great off-season. And most importantly, let's all just stay safe so we can get through this nonsense that's out in the world. And then have a nice meet-up, hopefully, at some point. You never know. Maybe the London Games. That'd be good. Yeah, fingers um, crossed. But, yeah, just stay safe, everyone. That's all I say. Yeah, gents. 100%. Been a pleasure, as always. All the best, you, See you later.